This conference will now be recorded. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather. This is the weekly weather for a very exciting week ahead. And we'll talk about some of the exciting things that happened last week, too, because it was quite an interesting week on planet Earth. So I just wanted to pop in and say hi. A couple people have said, I don't see your face anymore. What's happening is my computer is overheating. I need to call the computer guy and have him fix it. Mercury, Mars, Neptune, you know, all that stuff. So I stopped in to say hi, and now I'm going to go away. But the recording will be here, and you all can say you saw me this week. All right, off we go. All right, so this is our weekly weather for the week of July 25th, 2023, to July, or June 25th, 2023, through July 2nd, next weekend, which is, of course, Labor Day, not Labor Day, um, 4th of July. <laughs> and so we're going forward with all this new excitement kind of kicking up. Venus is in her retrograde shadow. The sun is very active this week. A lot going on. And Neptune also stations retrograde. But I thought we'd start out with a little excitement at the beginning uh, for what's going on. So here we have the June dates when there's fashionable activity and when there's excitement. Uh, and then we have the July dates. So you can get a little snapshot of the week, the month ahead. Um, so as I mentioned last week, Venus entered her retrograde shadow on June 19th, uh, which she's in now. So you should have paid attention last week to anything that Venus was talking to you about. Money, love, passion. She's in the degree of 12 Leo. Uh, she got to her world point uh, over the weekend, and she is busy, busy going retrograde in a couple of weeks on July 22nd, and then forming a Sun-Venus conjunction or a Venus star point or a Venus Sun Kazemi, any one of them I work with, which is a new eight-year cycle. We'll talk more about that when we get there. But most important, pay attention to all matters of Venus, as well as your Taurus and Libra-ruled houses, because that's where the action is when Venus is going retrograde. Okay, now let's just go back to last Saturday, Sunday. We did the New Moon webinar. Um, and I said, you know, tough energy in that chart, a lot of tough energy uh, on Sunday. A um, couple of things, Saturn was on the world point, stopped because he'd stopped the day before. We had, uh, the, the moon was out of bounds uh, in this new moon with partnering, how we all partnered together. We had Mars, of course, in Leo. Pluto just went back retrograde into Capricorn series at the moment of turning on to a world point. Juno would turn on to a world point. A partner series is how we nurture each other, mother, children, parent, child. Uh, Juno went on to a world point last week, uh, which is who we partner with, why we partner with them, how we partner with them. And then Vesta went into Gemini, which is an energy of home and hearth. So the new moon had these Arabic parts, Mercury on treachery, Uranus, sudden unexpected on fatality, uh, stuff with sickness and the part of fortune. And I love Arabic parts. They're one of my favorite things uh, in the whole world. They're also called lots, lots of fortune. Everybody has a part of fortune where you make your fortune, but there's, there's parts for everything. And so when I saw this, I'm like, ooh, this is gonna be an interesting new moon. Now, the moon also featured uh, right after that new moon that we had on Sunday, last Sunday, uh, we had the sun squaring Neptune. Neptune, of course, is the ocean. 
and the water and all that kind of cool stuff. So we had uh, the sun squaring Neptune, you know, and of course the sun and moon out of bounds on the new moon also squared Neptune. So fine, that's good. We pay attention to it. Now, one of the things that we were all obsessed with last week was Ocean Gate, which was that submersible submarine. Uh, it was not, not called a submarine, it's called something else, but it goes under underwater and they were going down to see the Titanic. Uh, when they left for the Titanic wreck on Friday from Canada, and I do this, you know, I do this daily podcast, uh, which is mailed out to my Patreon subscribers, and I do dramatic interpretations of, of planets. So I had said, Elgol was on Vesta, the home and hearth planet, right? Elgol was on Vesta. Now we all know Elgol is like a mean star. Uh, she was 10,000 corpses. She got a very bad reputation with astrologers. And she means beheading or death or you get your head cut off. And sometimes it's minor. You know, it's Tucker Carlson and Don Lemon getting fired. The heads will roll. Other times when it's your home and hearth, Vesta rules the hearth. Now, we have many hearths. Some people live in their car. Some people live in their office. Some people live in their home. Sometimes it's even your body. But Vesta on Algol, and yes, that's dramatic interpretation, on Friday was when the Titanic, the Titan left to go visit the Titanic wreck. That's when they took off. So the Titanic's chart is this, April 10th, 1912, 12.15 p.m. in Southampton. And one of the things, you know, very well known about this ship, pretty big thing when it happened. But also Evangeline Adams had told JP Morgan not to get on the boat. It had really bad stars of shipwreck and disaster and all sorts of things. Just don't do it. And we're not going to do the Titanic except to say this is the chart. And Titanic and Titan, which was the name of that ocean submersible, I remembered the right name, that submersible, it's the same name. And we go, why? Well, what had happened, and I don't have this on all that often, but you can see this little guy here, Titan. See him there? Um, Titan, uh, Sedna, is just left Taurus and went on to Gemini. And you can see Vesta sitting right there next to uh, Sedna. Now, Sedna is an ocean goddess. She's an Inuit, uh, Inuit uh, goddess. They, she has a horrible story. Basically, her father killed her. Well, he cut her fingers off and they all became the sea animals and the shamans would go uh, comb her hair and help her in the bottom of the ocean to, before they would go hunting. So when she got discovered, shortly after she got discovered, we had the big tsunami in Indonesia and on Boxing Day. And so she's made us very aware of the ocean. I mean, remember all the climate change and the glaciers melting and the penguins dying and the polar bears drowning, all that stuff. So Sedna shifted, she's a very slow girl, she slifted in, into Gemini. Gemini is double. So what do we have? We have Titanic and we have Titan, same name. And a lot of people go, oh, the Titanic was named and they said it was the biggest ship and it would never sink and it was the best thing. And it was named after the Titans who were Saturn's, uh, who were of the same generation as Saturn. And they got mad and they sunk the ship right? Hubris, the whole nine yards. So now we have Sedna going into Gemini and suddenly we have a Titan 
going to visit the Titanic. It's a Gemini. It's like a sibling. So it just shifted. I mean, literally, look at that. It's zero, zero, two minutes. You know, very, very tiny little movement into Sedna. Uh, and we have had a lot more ocean stories lately uh, with currents and, you know, the El Nino and all that. But but notice that chart. So when the Titan launched, and it, we have a time for it, it launched on Sunday at 8 a.m. and headed out to the wreck site of uh, the Titanic. These are the Arabic parts for that 8 a.m. launch. Sudden advancement, sun is on the part of catastrophe, Mercury's on the part of increase. Did you ever hear about this before last week? No. Uh, private enemies, the nodes are on the part of treachery. Most important, the midheaven on the part of fatality. Now, what I used was the geographic coordinates for where the Titanic sank, because that's when it launched. Launches, everybody hops on the little boat, we all go taking off, and then it lost contact at 10.45 a.m. on Sunday. That was the last they heard from it. No noise, no comments, no anything. We look at this chart. Uh, Uranus is on the midheaven, exact, right, right there, right next to Vesta on the midheaven. The Vesta-Uranus midpoint is the midheaven when they stopped, it stopped talking. Uranus, of course, is explosions. Vesta's on Algol, the fixed star of beheading. And we all know how this story turned out. When we look at the Arabic parts, we see the midheaven is on the part of death for that 1045. Could it, you know, that was the moment when it was done. So even though we spent time looking for them, uh, they were gone already. And it was Mars on the part of commerce. And, you know, brethren, a lot of people were very connected to the men that died in there that had been working with the Titanic wreck. And it was a multinational group. There were people from England, people from Pakistan, people from France, and people from the United States aboard the ship. But we see this midheaven on the part of death. And so when we look at this chart and we see Algol, the fixed star of beheading, on Friday, when the thing took off to go out, right? It, it you know, it, it sailed the, on that day. So Vesta was an algal. Um, so when I when I saw these charts, you know, I kind of was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep saying prayers, but I think they're gone. And so that direct timing of that 10:45, we also have Mercury out of bounds in this chart, uh, and we also have uh, we also had that Mercury on Mercury on the part of treachery. Um, which, you know, is, is a hard thing. Now, one of the things, if you've ever seen pictures of submarines, there are no portholes on a real on a real submarine because of the compression changes. You know, when they go up and they down, every piece of metal goes up and down and gets the pressure. So if you look at one of the U.S. subs, there's no portholes. They have them on the movies, but they don't have them on the subs because every every piece of different material changes under pressure and can have different... Uh, energies in terms of how it expands and how it shrinks. And of course, we're, we're hearing Uranus and Taurus. Taurus is physical explosion, and they're calling it an implosion. Um, and so there we see the energy of the chart, and right there, those Arabic parts saying uh, death, midheaven on the part of death. This is why I like the Arabic parts. Not always, because sometimes they have bad things on them, but other times you go, Ooh, I'm not happy with that. So this energy, uh, the middle of the ocean, the coordinates for where the Titanic sank, you can Google them on the internet. 
and you get this energy. If we compare the Titan to the Titanic, which is what this chart does, it's very interesting. Basically, they're siblings, and of course, Sedna's in Gemini. So now there's two ships on the bottom of the ocean named Titan, or named after the Titans. And we see Pluto here in Capricorn, right on that Titanic moon in the sixth house uh, of the body, physical body, but also Pluto. We, we know Pluto. He's, he's a guy that makes us transform. And some transformations are not pleasant. We have Saturn stopped on Chiron in water on a world point. So we were in the middle of the ocean. Pisces rules the ocean. We have Neptune here at 27 Pisces on Venus at 27 Pisces. Uh, again, a couple of the people on the, on the ship that imploded were researchers. Uh, we have the international flavor there where it was an international event and we all paid attention to it. We have Chiron on the North Node and the Sun of the Titanic for this little guy going down there and, you know, going down to visit. Uh, and Chiron indicates wounding of the head, nature of the head. And then we see the tit Titanic Saturn is 19 Taurus and the, the Uranus there is 21. So close enough for government work, I'll totally take it. But it also is an energy of Saturn and Taurus has got physical, a physical effect. Um, on things. And then here we see the sun of the Titan and the partnership on the Pluto of the Titanic in Gemini in the sign of siblings, little Sedna there hanging out. And then we see Vesta here in Taurus trining the moon in Capricorn and trining Pluto. So uh, trines are easy flowing aspects. So they trine and then it also trines down here to Ceres and Virgo. There was a young teenager on this ship for his dad, with his dad for Father's Day. So we see this grand trine in Earth, and we see, obviously, the mother and the, the sister of the man and his son who passed mourning. So we have children involved in this, too. We also have, over here, Venus on the ascendant of the Titanic, and Mars there. And we also see Pallas Athena on Vesta. And Vesta, of course, is... The, the ship itself, it was a beautiful ship with Vesta in Leo. Uh, the Titanic was a beautiful ship and we see Pallas Athena. We're going down to do research and, and see this boat. So we can see the aspects of the Titanic and the Titan and how they kind of collude and connect. And then uh, there's a man who, the man I believe it is who owned the, 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 tight, the ship, his wife was a descendant of the, one of the families that perished one of the couples that perished. They they had access to the lifeboats and decided not to take them because they were old and they stayed behind, you know, in the movie, you saw them, you know, in bed holding each other as the waves came in. And of course, we don't know what happened. We do know they didn't get on the lifeboat. So, karma, charts, stories, whatever, astrology, you can't make it up. And we see Eris, the goddess of discord up here on this point, the Mercury, uh, North Node, and of course it was an internet event, it was a worldwide event, everybody was paying attention, uh, weighing in on their opinions, you know, it was um, social media going a little wild, but also, uh, you know, it, it captured us. And why? The midheaven for this, uh, the Titanic, was 22 and a half of the cardinal signs on a world point, making an aspect to Saturn on a world point, 
making an aspect to uh, the the energy of the moment where we all went, oh, wow. And of course, most importantly, those fixed stars, that algal on the fixed star of beheading. So the vessel, the body, the, the home, the heart that they were living in uh, was beheaded, essentially. And, um, and I, you know, in listening to different podcasts, I had not, you know, I had never really thought about it because when I think of submarine pictures, I always think of them as having little portholes, but that's the one that I was in on Disney World. <laughs> so when I went looking at the subs for the Navy, no portholes in the Navy subs, they're just in this little can. And uh, I had a good friend, Bob Austin, when I worked at, when I worked at Control Data back in the 70s, and he was a submariner. And and he, he he's a great guy. Uh, and he would um, he would kind of sneak up on you. He was very quiet. And suddenly he'd be by my shoulder and he'd say something. And I had a very high I have a very high startle. I'm horrible in a scary movie. And I would go, ah, you know, Bob, you snuck up on me again. And he'd go, hey, hey, hey. and uh, and he was he was a Navy guy and he was a submariner. And he said, you know, it takes a really interesting person to be able to get on a submarine. I looked at that thing and thought, never could I go in it. Too much claustrophobia. But he was, um, you know, it's it's an interesting energy. You know, you're in the silence. There's no noise down there. You're under pressure. Uh, and I, I know that would be one of the branches of the military. <laughs> uh, never, never be mine. And, you know, thoughts and prayers and love to the families of those who passed. And thank you to all the first responders and the people that came forward to help uh, and also to all of us who paid attention. Uh, I think in moments like that, we do see a bit of our humanity, uh, but also the the energy of noting, uh, you know, that one, one, you know, as opposed to many. So, you know, a few hundred people died uh, migrating on ships in, you know, evacuating from places, seeking a new life, and then five people in a boat in a submersible, we all pay attention. So that's one of the reasons I say Pluto is exalted in Aquarius. When it's a lot of people, we can't really conceive of it, but when it's just one or two, we can, Pluto on that moon, get a little obsessed with that story. Astrology, you can't make it up. But um, yeah, next up, Russia. We got this guy that <laughs> runs the Wagner Group. And of course, Mercury's on the part of treachery. And Mercury was at 10 right on this guy's son. And so he just tried to overthrow Putin. It was very bizarre. It stopped, started, stopped quick. Saturn here on Chiron, right? If we look at the transits, we do not have a time for him. He was born in Leningrad. Um, and of course, that's where Putin's uh, parents were from. And they had they had survived the siege in Leningrad. Hillary Clinton told an interesting story of being with Putin at, at a dinner back when she was Secretary of State, and you know, given a give him a hard time for fighting in Syria, and he didn't really want to talk to her about it. And then they had to sit next to each other at dinner, and he she said, you know, I went to the the, the memorial in Leningrad. It was really uh, really moving. And he sat up and he said, let me tell you about that. And his father was um, on the front fighting in the Leningrad, and then they would rotate off. And they were gathering the bodies in a pile and he was going back to his home and he saw his wife's legs sticking out of the pile. So he starts digging to get her out and the body guy goes, don't take her out. She's dead. And he goes, no, no, it's my wife. It's my wife. He's like, okay. And he pulls her out and she's still alive. And he brings her back 
he brings her back to the house and he nurses her back to health. And then a few years later, they had Putin. And so when we you think about that story as a legacy that you've been told, as the story of survival and fighting and never giving up, you know, it, it's kind of a profound story. And so if we, we look at him and saying he's, when he watched Russia fall apart during the collapse of the uh, Soviet Union, um, his desire to put Russia back together again, it helps you understand it. And I think the, the childhood stories are interesting. So interesting, Yevgeny is from also from Gemini, is also from Leningrad, same place. Uh, don't know time, but we do know that out of bounds Mercury uh, on the part of treachery on his son. And we also have Mars and Leo here on a world point. We have Saturn over here on a world point on his Chiron opposite the Pluto. And then uh, he also has an out of bounds moon and cap. Uh, so when we suddenly this week, we're having, you know, there, that he's going to attack Moscow, took over a city, uh, 125 miles outside of it. Putin gets on the TV, yells and yells. And it's kind of like, holy cow, like what's happening? I'm like, Gemini, we've got two. So this story is the part of treachery. We see here his transits for when at least it hit my awareness. We see Juno here on the world point. They were buddies. He was He was his cook. Uh, it's quincunx to the sun. We see Saturn here on the Chiron. We see that little Pluto on Yvegnes. I'm not sure I'm saying his name right, his Saturn. Now, he's been running the um, mercenary groups that have been deployed by Russia, not the Russian military, but paid mercenary. He's in charge of them. And we see his progressed moon here on the Venus, his Venus and Aries. We see Eris on there. So he's been complaining a lot about the war and how Putin's military is waging it and how horrible they are. And he takes over a city. And then, you know, everybody's like going, oh, my God, this guy's taking over what's going on. Um, you know, I have uh, clients and friends in Russia and in Ukraine or family members who are or clients who have family members in those countries. And so, you know, it was a couple of. <laughs> I'm totally not on the world axis, but I was like, this is a big deal. And uh, this is that energy. And of course we watch his his story kind of hit the news and all of us go, what's going on? There's a, there's a, there's a coup going on in Russia. Uh, so the energy of the new moons, we, we like these new moons because we like the, we like Arabic parts because they show us things. So this, and I did say last week was gonna be interesting and the beginning part of the week was tough. Um, and off we went. And we also had, uh, we didn't have indictments, but we had plea, guilty pleas. Hunter Biden pleaded guilty to not paying his tax, not filing his taxes, not paying his taxes, and also to buying a gun and lying on his gun form that he did not use drugs. So that was the indictment story when Mercury squared on the world point, squared Uranus, Saturn on the world point. Uh, so the child, Mercury, square Saturn, leader, you know, of course, Saturn and Pisces is drugs. Mercury is, I signed a form saying I didn't do it. Mercury in Gemini it was two years of taxes he didn't pay. And off we go, you know. So you can't make this astrology up. It's all in the news, uh, always in the place. All right, Mercury is out of bounds from June 24th to July uh, 7th. And in the new moon chart, the moon was out of bounds in Gemini. Um, okay, so today, on this Sunday, we 
of Mercury squaring Neptune. Uh, and so the, the Sun squared Neptune last week, which is why we were betwixt and between. Neptune also has a fascination and it, it brings up all this emotion. We kind of go along for the ride. You know, Neptune's kind of like a movie where you get, you feel differently. You're watching it and you're like, oh my God, look at what's happening. You jump, you scream, you yell, and then the lights come up and you go, oh, that was that was really interesting. What what happened there? So this week we have Mercury squaring Neptune, and that's happening today. Uh, and of course, suddenly, as quick as the the coup was going on in Russia, the coup was over, and Belarus, I believe it was, brokered a deal. Uh, you know, I'm like, all right, you know, it, it's just it's a really interesting energy. The heavens are just wild, wild. And of course, Putin. It, you know, he has a few charts. There are a few that float around for him, but all of them are Libras. So Venus entered her retrograde shadow and, you know, there was a coup attempt. Uh, so interesting, you know, we kind of go, okay, so he's he's got to watch his back until October 8th when Venus gets out of Leo. Putin does. Uh, and so a forward motion for this, we also have still Saturn on that world point. He's just sitting there moving backwards, going back and figuring things out. And as Mercury here squares Neptune, we see there's not a lot of air in the sky, but there is a lot of Earth. So it's very much about ideas that I want to make physical and form, things I want to take off and do. And it is a T-square when Mercury squares Neptune opposite that moon in Virgo that gives us this kind of super duper quick, fast-moving energy. So it's another week of fast-moving events and things in the world. Uh, we have on Monday, we have the Moon Mars square Uranus. This is not a good one. Uh, Mars square Uranus usually brings up an earthquake, an event, some kind of firing. It's an opening square. Uranus is a 21 Taurus. Mars squares it, and he says, take action. We have to take action. We have to do something. So that takes place bright and early in the morning uh, and in New York, adjust for your time zone. But that Mars square Uranus is a little bit of a shock, a little bit of a, an energy. There are a lot of health aspects on Monday, the 26th. So if you've got some health stuff going on, definitely go to the doctor because we also see Saturn at the top of the chart on a world point uh, with this kind of sudden unexpected change. We're also having Neptune slowing down later this week on the 30th neptune stations to go retrograde so we feel her five days we feel him stationing five days before so we have neptune while we also have that mercury square neptune we now have mars square uranus that sudden unexpected attacks sudden expected heart attacks definitely a heart attack kind of aspect um, and we also have Neptune stopping, which gives us a different perspective on things as he pauses in the sky all week. For those of you who are running extra emotional lately with Neptune so active with the sun and Mercury and all these gang, this is a really emotional week. So just buckle in and say, okay, I'm feeling a little swamped. Do extra things to ground yourself. Look at how big the air and the water bars are. Find a good place to cry, sing sad songs, sing happy songs, but with Mercury, with the air sign so strong and the water sign so strong, a lot of water, a lot of feeling, a lot of emotional uh, story this week. And with the Mars square Uranus, we can expect something pretty dramatic um, and probably not pleasant. 
but also um, it's an action taking and it says, okay, that happened, how am I going to take action? Kind of the focus for the week is how are you taking action? You know, what are you going to do? Because there's a lot of planets making aspects, especially the Sun and Mercury, that are asking you, you know, what are you going to work on? Mercury enters Cancer this week. He enters Cancer on Monday also at 3.30 in the afternoon, 3.24. He's going to be in Cancer. He's on a world point again. He's he's talking to Saturn on a world point. You get the, the world points. You're getting the idea how big those world points were. Last week we had those asteroids hopping on the world point. We had Saturn on the world point. We You get the world points. They're just big. We had the sun on the world point. We had the summer solstice. So uh, very strong energy this week. Again, same kind of idea. And with Mercury entering Cancer, now every two and a half days, Mercury is going to be in a different emotional mood. So he shifts every time the moon changes, he changes. So you're going to really feel Mercury express himself. And remember, he's out of bounds. So as he's out of bounds, he's going to be extra emotional, more over the top, more passionate, more feeling, more watery. And notice how the bars are super intense. So we have a very intense week uh, with Mercury shifting into Cancer. We then have the Sun trining Saturn. Again, Saturn's on a world point. Sun and Cancer trine Saturn. In that particular energy, there is no air in the sky. So it does not have words. It just has feelings. So Sun trines Saturn on a world point. Gets us paying attention to how we feel. That's going to be on Wednesday evening that takes place. But, you know, we feel the energy coming in. Again, a very emotional week this week. Uh, you're doing deep internal work. So be kind to yourself, be kind to other people because they're doing deep emotional internal work too. Uh, and so, and Mercury's out of bounds. So everybody's a little bit out of bounds with Mercury and Cancer, out of bounds in their emotions. Next up, we have Mercury trying Saturn. Oh, okay. So now Saturn is asking Mercury to make some kind of commitment. Uh, and, you know, and Mercury is approaching a conjunction with the sun as he makes that commitment. That makes this a very important week for watching the commitments we're making and figuring out, is that what we really want to do? And at this point, Neptune has stopped. So there can be uh, a thing where you're feeling you need to make an emotional commitment and you can feel very, very swamped, overwhelmed. Watch for people using the Neptune words this week. Feeling overwhelmed, I'm feeling exhausted, I'm feeling so drained, I'm feeling like swept away, I'm feeling like I'm in the current, I'm feeling like I'm in a riptide, I'm feeling afloat, you know, I, I can't sleep. Big dream week, big dream week, big dream week. Watch your dreams, write them down. They're gonna be talking to you with both Mercury and the sun forming a trine to Saturn in water. And Saturn in water is ask, answering to the Neptune in one version, or he's answering to the Jupiter in Taurus, which is grounding, but there is no air in the sky. So that makes words hard, feelings big. And sometimes when you have these, I just encourage you to sing because water is, or play music that just, you know, takes you away. Because what music does is it's a form of Neptune. You hop on those 12 little notes that make up every song in the world and you go on a journey. So uh, the energy is very potent for that kind of stuff this week. And that's on Friday, June 30th. We have uh, the Mercury trying and the Mercury and the Sun trying Neptune. We also have Neptune stationing to go retrograde on Friday. 
So that gives us a strong emotional feeling. Neptune is retrograde uh, until uh, he entered his shadow on March 10th. He stations retrograde at uh, 2741 Pisces on June 30th, and then he goes direct on December 5th of this year, and he clears his shadow next March 27th. So what that means is the things that you started in March, around March 10th, are now all going to be reversed, or revised, or revisited, or re-edited, retrograde words, redone. And if you have Neptune retrograde in your chart, this is when you get really busy. For the rest of us who don't have Neptune retrograde, this is when we go back and revisit. I can't tell you how many people I have going on trips this summer, visiting friends, visiting family, visiting this one, visiting that one, because retrograde, we want to return. And with Pluto retrograde, Neptune retrograde in a sextile to each other, they're encouraging you to go back and examine your past and think about it before Pluto goes into Aquarius for 20 years. So this is also emotional, it's familial, it's the, the soul, it's your deep, deep inner feelings. Um, on Saturday, we also have Mercury conjunct the sun. This is all co also called Mercury combust the sun. Mercury and the sun meet up. Remember, Mercury's still out of bounds till next week, but he's out of bounds and he's on the sun. So this is a very creative energy. It's also very pertinent and it also gives us very direct focused mind. So we have a lot of energy in terms of how that works and that is going to be 1 a.m on saturday morning in the east coast time strong energy with all those leo planets and also mercury combust the sun is uh it's it's a clarity if you've ever my mother used to light candles as a kid we always had a candle at the dinner table and if you stuck your finger in the flame like in the blue part it didn't burn but if you held your finger over the candle it would burn that's that's you know, caught on fire, <laughs> burning up. But when you stuck your finger right in the flame itself, it didn't burn. So that's what Mercury combust is. The sun and Mercury are in completely united and they completely see the thing in the same way. And it's answering to a moon in Sagittarius that has a quincunx, that has a finger of God. So that Mercury conjunct the sun is part of a finger of God that invites you to take the journey of your life. The sun and the moon are sextile to Jupiter, sun and Mercury rather, are sextile to Jupiter, and they both form a finger of God with moon in Sagittarius as the apex, and Jupiter, of course, is on the north node. So there's an invitation coming your way Saturday, uh, and it invites you to explore, to expand, to challenge, to grow, to live, to have a good, good, good life, a, a new beginning, a new vision a new focused vision, like when you're looking in the flame of a candle. Next up on Saturday, Mercury sextiles Jupiter. Okay, so Mercury finished talking to Saturn, now he's talking to Jupiter. Remember last week, Jupiter and Saturn were in a sextile. Uh, now Mercury is talking to um, Jupiter and asking him to understand, to figure out how we're gonna move forward. What are we gonna do? How are we gonna get there? And again, Mercury's out of bounds, so this can be this can feel a little bit of an out of bounds energy. Finger of God's still in place, but the sextile amplifies that finger of God. It kind of makes it fire. And then a little later in the day, the sun sextiles Jupiter, again firing that finger of God. So the finger of God gets fired a couple times this weekend coming up, Fourth of July weekend, uh, particularly on Saturday. But it's in orb right? So it's a faded finger. Now, 
I'm going to be doing that workshop up in Omega this weekend. And um, I'm looking forward to it. And then I look at this finger of God with these really interesting planets. I'm like, this could be a really fun weekend. So you can still sign up. It's this Friday. It starts this Friday. Uh, so sun sextile Jupiter, of course, that happens once a year. And it's, it's a fertile placement because Jupiter's in Earth and the sun is in water. And they're fertile Earth and they want to make things happen. Again, no air in the sky. All feeling. We're working with lots of feelings this week. And remember, feelings are how we get things done. We can have lots of ideas and talk, talk, talk all we want. And then we can have a lot of vision, fire, 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 and see all we want. But we have to add the emotion in to get it. Now, in this case, we don't have air. We have a lot of emotion and we have a lot of vision, but we don't have the words. So that kind of suggests we've already thought of it before. And of course, last week we did have Mercury in Gemini. We had Mercury in Gemini for, you know, for 20 days talking to us about stuff. And now he's bringing the stuff he's been talking about and he's getting some emotion behind it, some vision behind it and pushing us forward. Uh, last but not least, on Sunday, we have Venus squaring Uranus. So when she squares Uranus, she kind of acted, remember last week Mars squared Uranus. Well, that was kind of dramatic. This week, Venus squares Uranus. And so that, or actually this week, earlier in the week, Mars squared it, and then Venus squares it on Sunday. So Venus squares Uranus on Sunday, unexpected, unusual, changes directions, shifts us. And as she squares it, there's a lovely grand trine and fire in the sky. We finally get a little bit of air, but we also have the moon on the galactic center. It's a very psychic day when Venus squares Uranus. So you get some kind of psychic download, you get some kind of information about what's important, a vision of how we're gonna move forward. So it's an interesting week uh, because it does have a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of drama. <laughs> Not as much as last week, I don't think, but emotional processing. And, you know, whenever we have one of those collective experiences where we all are on the ride, whether you're on the ride for the submarine or you're on the ride for whatever's going on in Russia, Ukraine, with this Wagner group guy leading it and whatever that, you know, because I was like, oh, my God, you know, I've been hoping Putin leaves. But this guy sounds like he's worse than Putin. <laughs> like, can't we have a nice guy running Russia? You know, I mean my my optimistic aquarius rising um but then my little virgo goes no 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 we got to keep the got to keep the structures in place that's why pluto and aquarius is coming all right so this week when we look at the calendar uh the the sun goes from six to nine ten remember in the summer the sun moves slower faster in the winter so we're gonna not gonna quite go a full seven degrees and we talked about the sun in the trine to saturn and also meeting up with mercury and then in a sextile to Jupiter. So the sun is working hard about making your dreams happen, fertilizing the energy and getting it out. Think back to December of 2020 and what you said you wanted to do then. Those plans are starting to go forward now and you can change your mind, but they're pushing and saying, can we do this? Can we do this? Can we get this out? Mercury is flying through the sky. He's going from 27 Gemini all the way to 12 Cancer. He has a lot of aspects, including the entering Cancer and the trine to Saturn and the sextile to Jupiter. He also meets up with the nodes of fate on June 27th. So say, pay attention to who you meet that day. And he also partners with Juno. Uh, he meets up with her on June 28th. 
So there's a lot of energy of Mercury collaborating, connecting, making emotional connections with folks, which is always lovely. Venus this week runs from um, 18 Leo to 22 Leo. I mean, she's going to start to slow down now because she's getting ready to station. Um, she does have a trine to Chiron, which offers us some healing opportunities on the 29th. And um, she has that square to Uranus, you know, companioning with Mars's earlier square to Uranus on the 26th. She squares Uranus on the 2nd. Then Mars this week goes from 21 to 25 Leo. So he's going at a pretty good clip and he is squaring to Uranus. And he also is, I didn't put it in. He's got a big health aspect on the 27th um, with the Quindicilli to Saturn, and he, which is a health, you know, like pay attention to heart things. It's very Mars and Leo, Venus and Leo, a lot of heart stuff up. Heart, middle back, you know, kind of that section behind your heart. Um, blood pressure. Uh, so Mars is in also in a trine to Eris, a goddess of discord on July 2nd. As we mentioned, Neptune stations going retrograde until December and asking you to go all the stuff that you've been doing since June, March 10th, you now get to revise, edit, review the dream. Um, the nodes of fate are meeting Vesta. That's on the 27th. Um, and then we also have Juno meeting the nodes of fate on the 25th. And we have Ceres meeting the nodes of fate on the 28th. So those planets just went into new signs. And the first thing they do is they meet the nodes of fate to say, okay, what are we doing? The meeting with um, Vesta and Ceres is stressful. The meeting with Juno is positive. So Ceres is how are you going to change how you nurture yourself? How are you going to change your home is Vesta. Those are stressful, but okay. And then the Juno one is you want a partner, you want to hang out, you want to do something. And the answer should be yes, because <laughs> Juno is in a nice sign and she's looking to form some uh, family kind of relationships or tribal, you know, these are my people kind of energies. So we look at the moons this week. Uh, the moon is today in Virgo, went void at 624 and now it's into Libra at 6.57, went void with a nice closing aspect of a trine to Pluto. Now it's in Libra, and it's in Libra Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. The moon is going slow in the sky. It goes void at 4.19 a.m. with a square to Venus. So that's moon and Libra squaring, um, I'm sorry, with a square to Pluto. It goes void with a square to Pluto. Back, Pluto's back in Capricorn, so we got these hard closing aspects again and says, ah, that's not happening. Then she goes into Scorpio at 4.55 in the morning on the Wednesday, the 28th, and then she's in Scorpio the 28th, the 29th, the 30th, and she goes void at 10.20 in the morning and enters Sagittarius at 10.59. Neptune goes void, goes retrograde that day at 5.07. Uh, and so the moon enters Sag, it's in Sag on Friday. Uh, the, the closing aspect of the Scorpio moon at 1020 is a sextile to Pluto, which is a nice closing aspect, even though it's a hard moon, because uh, the moon in Scorpio is a little impassioned. Uh, the evening, the morning of the 30th from about 11 a.m., the 1st of July, uh, and um, the uh, 2nd of July is Sagittarius moon, and the moon goes void at 933 in the morning. 
on Sunday, and it goes void with A squared and Neptune, kind of a nice, juicy, dreamy kind of thing. Um, and then we have Moon entering Capricorn at 1.20 p.m. on Sunday the 2nd, and it will be in Capricorn for the full moon that takes place on the 3rd. And the full moon takes place at um, 11.19 Capricorn, right on my north node of fate. Well, that's fun. And then the moon's closing aspect is on the 4th at 12.45 with a conjunction to Pluto. And then it enters into Aquarius at 1.30 p.m. on August, on July 4th. It is 4th of July weekend. I am going to be in the country because I have that podcast or that weekend workshop at Omega. So I'm not 100% sure. My goal, my goal, my goal is to get the thing posted and recorded before the weekend. We'll see how that works. <laughs> not promising anything, but it is the 4th of July weekend. Um, and it is a full moon in Capricorn. Um, so the closing aspects this week, uh, Monday, Tuesday, tough. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, tough because of the moon in a hard aspect. The Scorpio aspect, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday till middle of the day, 1020. Okay, good, positive, flowing. And then um, because they are in a, uh, they're in a trine, a sextile to Pluto. And then the Sag moon energies are good. Uh, with a closing with a dream, with a square to Neptune. So those are nice for the most part, optimistic. Uh, and then we have the Capricorn moon, which are, of course, ending with a conjunction to Pluto. So those none of them are particularly gruesome days, um, difficult days, but there is a lot of drama up there. If I had to give you a bad day next week, it would be Wednesday the 28th. That one's got a lot of stress on it. And Monday, Monday has a lot of stress with the Mars square Uranus and a bunch of quincunxes adjusting energy. So we'll watch what Monday brings because Monday's got a lot of stuff, but the rest of the week, not bad. And then, of course, it's a holiday weekend. So how can holidays be bad? Uh, the, the Saturday is very busy. That's Saturday the 1st, uh, which is also Canada Day. Shout out to our friends in Canada. But it's busy on the 1st, but not a bad busy. It's like a happy busy. And we're having that Omega weekend, and we generally try and pick good weekends <laughs> for conferences. So hopefully we did. All right. Next up, a couple of stars. You know, you would have heard me doing my algal interpretation, my dramatic interpretation of the planets. Algal is on Vesta. Uh, and that was the, you know, the beheading of the home, even if it's a little submersible. Um, so I record a daily, uh, daily message. You get a list of the aspects for the day and a song. Next up, this is very exciting. Lynn Bell is coming into town for the weekend uh, at Omega. She's right there, number two on the list. And so what's happening is she comes a little early because she wants to play in New York, is the astrology, the Big Apple Astrology Meetup Group, which meets on Tuesdays, is meeting on June 27th from 7 to 9 at the, the Theosophical Society on 240 East 53rd Street. Doors open. There's a bookstore um, next to it. You can go into the bookstore and shop. The bookstore closes at 7, the Quest Bookstore. It's a wonderful metaphysical bookstore. And then the meeting is from 7 to 9. And it's why Mars misbehaves and what to do about it. It is going to have live streaming available. 
Now I couldn't figure out <laughs> um, how to get, I thought, well, I can't really paste the link in this because it's a podcast. Um, but you can Google Big Apple Astrology Meetup Group and you'll find it and look for When Mars Misbehaves and What to Do About It, talked about by Lynn Bell, a wonderful astrologer visiting us from Paris. And she's a real Mars expert. And so it should be really good. And it also is the kind of the re, we're getting back to meeting in New York. Uh, so I'm going to send a note out to the Access Astrology folks for them to go. But it's free or donation suggested, you know, throw five bucks in the pot to help pay the rent. And also live streaming is available. So you can sign up for that if you don't live domestically in New York and you can't get to Quest Bookstore. And then last but not least, Astrology Consciousness and the Great Shift. Still time to sign up for the Omega Institute weekend. You just saw how great those aspects are. We're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, so it's from June 30th to July 2nd. It's just part of the 4th of July weekend. And then you get to um, mosey on out. We're going to have a Pluto and Aquarius ceremony. We have Rachel coming in from California, Maurice coming in from uh, Sedona, and Rick coming in from Seattle, Lynn coming in from Paris. I'm the only domestic one coming in New Yorker coming in from New York. So it should be quite a bit of fun. And we have really good, we have a really good um, conference planned. Maurice runs a tight ship when he runs these things. So it should be a great deal of fun. And I hope you'll join us. Not too late to come. Um, and off we go. And wishing you a great 4th of July and a holiday weekend. I hope you liked the little history lesson at the beginning with the charts. And uh, we'll stay tuned to what happens in Russia and um, thoughts and prayers to the families and the loved ones of the people that perished in the Titan sinking aspect. But I just, when Sedna was in Gemini, I'm like, they made, they named it the same name. It's like junior, you know, like Ivana and Ivanka. It's, it's a, it's a, you know, the same name. They named it the same name. And the Titanic said, come on down and join us guys. Uh, and off we went. So um, wishing you a good week. Have fun. Bye.